from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. We want it to function like a normal bar, live music, bands, jukebox. It's not really about anti-drinking. It's about pro-socializing. How do you get somebody to constantly be desiring that taste and that flavor? And crave it. And crave it. How do you take away that social pressure? And it's about giving them that option. I'm Elaine Chong. For many, holiday and New Year's parties go glass in hand with alcoholic drinks. For others, a low or zero-proof beverage is a better choice. And we're not just talking Shirley Temples here. There's a whole world of, quote, mocktails out there waiting to be properly appreciated. What better time than mid-December to explore that world? Today, we've got a mystical guide in studio. Meredith Berry, co-owner and operator of Platypus in St. Louis's Grove Business District and beverage researcher at La Verta STL. Welcome, Meredith. Hi, how are you? Oh, great. So glad that you're here today. So let's start with what I had said in the intro, which was, quote, mocktail. (laughs) What is a mocktail? I really like to say more that it's a zero-proof cocktail. It's kind of uh, mocktail is kind of, you know, demeaning in a way. And and really, it's about um, not really the absence of alcohol, but the inclusivity of uh, having people have a good time in a party without being mentally altered. Right. So it's less about what is missing and what is added. Yes. Okay. I like to I like to think of that as kind of this, uh, you know. Wanting it to, I guess it's um, an advertisement, so to speak, of how we should think about it in a positive way mm-hmm. in the in, now in modern times. Because in the past, it was kind of a mocktail and just soda water with bitters, maybe just cranberry and soda or just a mix of different juices. And it's really about kind of changing our perception and destigmatizing. Mm-hmm. And mock certainly does seem to carry a negative connotation, like you're you're right. getting or settling for an inferior version of an original. Right. So what is the... So I'm, I'm going to try not to use the term mocktail yeah. as we're talking. Can you tell me about the first zero-proof mixed drink you had that sort of, you know, it, it turned on the light bulb in your mind about what possibilities are out there? Yeah, I think the very first um, mock, uh, mocktail, zero-proof cocktail that I had, we were calling it spirit-free at the time. Um, Julia Mimos in Chicago, um, she was creating drinks with seed lip. It was a spirit-free. Uh, it is a spirit-free option with uh, more adult-like flavors. Okay. Uh, different kinds of um, – they have a citrus version, a garden version, um, and then a spiced version. And I had that cocktail, and I was like, oh, this is what it could be, a, c- a culinary experience, mm-hmm. not just, 
you know, just a mix of pineapple and cranberry and orange juice, but something that's more elevated. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like also decidedly more adult yes. in, in the profile? Absolutely. Okay. And how long ago was that? I think that was probably eight years ago. Okay, so it's quite some time then. Mm-hmm. And what was your first attempt at creating a mixed drink of a, a similar kind? Yeah, I went for something very adult, a martini, something that you wouldn't expect as being in a zero-proof cocktail or a mocktail. I went for something just completely out there, not juicy and fruity and sweet, but something dry and vegetal-forward to see if I could really recreate a martini, which you expect to be kind of savory. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a fan of martinis, so that (laughs) sounds like something appealing, definitely. Before we go forward, I'd like to invite you into this conversation about spirit and alcohol-free cocktails. If you have a question or comment about this topic, give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpr.org. Meredith, you are co-owner and operator of Platypus, Um, And you also do beverage research, which sounds like a a very cool job. (laughs) It's pretty fun. Tell us a little bit about the business aspect for zero-proof drinks. It it is reportedly growing. How has that been true at Platypus? It's growing astronomically. Um, We are constantly having guests show up and ask for uh, a bar choice, um, where a bartender is just creating off-the-cuff Um, based on questions that they ask a guest of what flavor profiles that they like, that has a zero proof. So they can enjoy their evening and and still party with everybody without drinking with no questions, right? And and so many people to the point we just put up our own non-alcoholic chalkboard. We have a chalkboard there. We change our cocktails on a constant basis every single week. We don't really have a set menu. We like to be very creative. So we decided that we should dedicate an entire uh, five more cocktails and a specific menu just for people that want to do spirit-free. Well, and one of the spirits that has been mentioned here, we've got an email from Rachel who says, I want to give a shout out to our family favorite, Pinkney Bend Tonic Syrup. Okay, I'm getting some, you recognize that, Meredith. It's pink, and while it might not be the norm for a gin and tonic, the botanicals are spot on, much more live than a generic bottled tonic. And the pink is fun for the rest of us for delicious non-alcohol sparkling tonic, a must-have for any shelf. So I'm assuming it is somewhere on your shelf as well? Um, We don't have that yet, but I've had it before, and I think it's fantastic. We kind of create our own tonic syrups. We have fun creating it on our own. Um, But Pickney Bend, local, just incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about really making sure that you have extra flavors, that, that somebody's not missing out on the, the actual liquor that's in the, uh, in, the, in the drink. And is there something about the liquor that hampers your capacity to, you know, to fully savor flavors? Yeah, well, in a cocktail, when you're using a liquor and why you want to use, um, we're tending to go towards this new avenue of spirit-free or zero-proof 
libations. Uh, Liquor creates body and texture in a cocktail, as well as nuanced flavor profiles, whether it's bourbon with those vanilla notes, smoky notes, or talking about gin, lots of juniper and fresh lime and, and lemon and grapefruit. It's kind of that is necessary within a spirit free as well. And as you're describing those, I can smell all the things that you're describing. So it's very sensorially uh, evocative. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. That's what we want. We want it to be a sensory experience. I mean, I think that's when we talk about a culinary experience with liquid, whether it's, uh, you know, alcohol or non-alcoholic. It's a sensory experience. And it's also an inclusive community experience because that's what bars are. Bars are community spaces. They're supposed to be inclusive. And how do we make them more inclusive? It's about continuing to have alternatives Mm -hmm. for people. And people is important in that so many of us, when we do have drinks that have alcohol, we are enjoying those in a space with others. What are some of the special non-edible ingredients that you have added to not, you know, not what's in a, a glass, but in the atmosphere to give people what they feel like they might miss if they have a drink that doesn't have alcohol in it? Yeah, it's about camaraderie. Um, People also don't want to um, feel that social pressure. Mm-hmm. It's how do you take away that social pressure? And it's about giving them that option. And also, you know, non-edible, but it, it also the edible aspects of it are like making that garnish so crazy beautiful that everybody's asking, what's that awesome drink? And they can be like, it's specially made for me. <laughs> Is there a crowd favorite among those garnishes? Um, we do these really beautiful grapefruit feathers uh, with the um, the zest. So we peel the zest and then we manicure them into these really stunning like feathers that sit on top of the glass. So it's giving you the aromatics of that grapefruit, that super zesty kind of peppery citrusy feel. But it's also just stunning to look at. And you put a little flower in it and it's I, I love it. That sounds like something I would want to take home <laughs> after enjoying uh, enjoying the drink. What are some of the reasons that you have heard folks voluntarily share with you or those at Platypus about choosing a low or zero proof drink over one that has alcohol in it? I think it's different for everybody. I think that, you know, it's all about what you're personal experiences, maybe your relationship with alcohol wants to change. Maybe you just want to proof down your night. You start out drinking, but you want to have a good day in the morning. And so you start proofing yourself down. You go to a low proof. And then by the end, you're drinking something that still tastes fantastic. But you um, are kind of like giving yourself a little bit of time to, you know, process that alcohol. So then you don't feel terrible in the morning, which is fantastic. And one of the things that reminds me of is, um, you know, I have a, a child, and I was nursing. And after that period was over, the first drink I had, it knocked me out. Oh, yeah. Because I just was not accustomed to having that in my system. Mm-hmm. And what I ordered, I'd wanted to enjoy the flavors of it. 
so, you know, what you're offering at Platypus and what also is available at places like um, the Mocktail Lounge in St. Charles certainly sounds like something that would be right for somebody sort of returning that's a great way to put it, returning to kind of like your social night out and wanting to be there and possibly like getting back into the alcohol scene, if you, if you know, because it's not really about anti-drinking. It's about pro-socializing. That's a great way to, to think about it. We are talking now with uh, Meredith um, who is the co-owner and operator of Platypus in St. Louis's Grove Business District. And to mix things up, so, so to speak, we'd also like to welcome Elizabeth Beth Lockwood, who is the owner and operator of the place I just mentioned, the Mocktail Lounge in St. Charles. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So we are talking about what it takes to make the experience of social drinking, um, one that is enjoyable for everyone, including those who choose drinks that don't have alcohol in them. Um, Beth, from your standpoint as the owner uh, of a business, are there advantages that you see in this growing trend toward or interest in low and zero-proof drinks? Um, I see lots of advantages. I mean, the outcomes of drunk driving and um, addiction and, you know, people, more people in recovery now than I think ever. Um, so the advantage of that is great. Mm -hmm. And to have places that offer, you know, more choices than just whatever soda, water, or juice they can mix, I think is a wonderful thing. Right. And given sort of the uptick that we saw all around, with alcohol consumption during the pandemic in particular, it seems like maybe there is a, a trend for those making different choices. Oh, I agree. And I think our neighborhood bars, especially during COVID, have all kind of, a lot of them have weaned away, closed down that next, that older generation that went to the bar because that's how you got promoted. That's how, you know, connections were made and everything. Those are far and few between these days, especially mm -hmm. after COVID. Right, right. But people still want to go out and have a social experience. You know, it's all about the atmosphere. I think even regular, you know, full alcohol bars from day one, that's what they're actually selling is the ambiance, the atmosphere. And what it's is not the alcohol? Yeah. What are some of the elements of ambiance or atmosphere that at the Mocktail Lounge you are really carefully curating? I was going to say right now it's kind of a hot mess um, because I just took it over. Um. And so we are in transition. So we were themed a um, 1940s kind of speakeasy back alley lounge. Um, it was very fancy. It wasn't bringing in, you know, the abundance of the next generation and everything that are choosing this as well. We're close to Lindenwood. There's other colleges around. And so we are making it more hip, more fun. We want it to function like a normal bar, live music, bands, jukebox. Um, we're ditching the chandeliers and the peony walls for uh, like zen art pop graffiti wall. And so that is all transition happening within the next three weeks. So what about that resonates with you, Meredith? Yeah, I mean, it's like bringing the party. Exactly. And that's, the party. that's what people want. That's why they go out. Yeah. They drink the alcohol because that is what's served. Right. 
But it's really about the people that are there and hanging out with your friends and having a great time. 100%. We did, we did this huge uh, uh, zero-proof party for Pride because we were like, hey, there's so many people going out for Pride. There's plenty of places for people to drink and imbibe in alcohol. Why don't we create a space that's inclusive of everybody because that's what Pride is. And so we did exactly. drag shows. We had a DJ. We had fire spinners. It was about people getting together and having a great time regardless of what you feel what, like doing. Exactly. And you're just accepted. Yeah. We, we started having First Friday Dance Nights. And we have Dance St. Charles that comes in for instructors. And it is such a melting pot of everybody and anybody that comes from everywhere. And it's just it's a blast. We clear all the tables. And everything, because that's the amount of room we need. That's cool. Well, it sounds like there's a considerable amount of you know, very intentional community collaboration that is possible there when has you to approach be. It takes a village. things in that way. Right. Now, when it comes to the drinks, people are, are curious about this. Um, we got a tweet from Sean who writes, I know a lot of tonic syrups use agave as a sweetener, and that comes from cactus right? I'm allergic to that. Do you have any suggestions for non-agave tonic syrups? Honey. Okay, honey. I mean, honey is a great one. We use it. We make one right now for Christmas with honey and mint and lime and everything. Um, I'm I'm getting away from all of the simple syrups and the taranis. I'm trying to with the flavored seltzers that are out there and all natural that have come to market in a flavor and just the fresh fruit. And, you know, I think there's just a hundred other ways to sweeten things. We have, oh, yeah. we even carry even all those sugar-free whole line from whipped cream and, you know, ginger beer. Monk you know. fruit is really great monk if you're making your own. Monk fruit is fantastic. Stevia can be really great. You just have to be careful because it is actually sweeter in flavor profile. Truvia. Truvia, Truvia is exactly. If you want to make your own. I don't really know of any on market particularly right now because I know we make we make our own so I'm not really yeah we have made a lot of our own um the original owner did a lot of the um Tarani mm-hmm. syrups and so I have an abundance of sugar-free ones <laughs> right now <laughs> in my pantry but I mean so, that is the thing about you know zero proof it's also about wellness right yes. you're thinking about your wellness so we do fresh fruit muddles and different things and we make them fresh like each day or Every other day, you know, because we're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday right now. But um, so the muddles, the fresh fruit, the purees, any of those kind of things will help sweeten it naturally. So with all of these different ingredients that can go into a a zero proof or, or low proof beverage, what are the elements that make a, a good mocktail? <laughs> for I'm lack like, of a better term. I was going to say, for me, I found you have to stay away from the sweet, sweet, sickening sweet. Because, I mean, it's just like dessert. That's what you have last. And once you have that, you're done. You don't want any more. So I find it to be like airy or citrus, um, something bubbly. And, mm-hmm. you know, just once you, you want another one. Yeah, light and refreshing usually yeah. works. Yeah, perfect. Mm-hmm. Or something new. Yeah, that's usually going to like go to most people's flavor profile and what they're looking for. Yeah. Um, I always, we like to keep all of our non-alcoholic um, and zero proof very cold because the least amount of dilution is Positive. the best. Mm-hmm. Alcohol needs dilution. 
spirit free does not need dilution, not right. as much dilution, right? But we still want some aeration in we there. We do frozen ones, slushies, slurpees, smoothies, yeah. iced coffees, Our cold frozen brew. frozen N.A.? I can, yeah. I can freeze anything. <laughs> yeah. You know, we can blend anything. I tell people the sky's the limit. What, what's your flavor profile? What would you get at 7-Eleven? You know, yeah. or something like that on a hot day. So yeah. as far as, as cool and literally cold and then... We do hot too, though. What are your thoughts on pre-mixed zero-proof spirits on the market today? Can they be cool good Mox ingredients? is one that made me actually get into it and... The woman who started that, because I saw her on crowdfunding site or whatever and her story, but it raised so much money and there was such a growing need for it. I actually carry that one. Mm -hmm. um, that's one of the only ones besides like the groovies and stuff. Okay. Yeah. How about a platypus? We carry quite a few um, when it comes to like uh, soda waters and seltzers. We carry liquid death. I think. Oh, yeah. I know that oh, one. Yeah. Really what is fantastic. liquid death? It. It's a water company? It's just a water it's like and they're, pure. Yeah, and they only do cans. They're all about getting rid of plastic. Right Death to plastic is yeah. their whole thing, which I think mm -hmm. is fantastic. Awesome. But they've got a severed lime. They've got like this mango one that's fantastic, this berry. And they just have regular soda water and a beautiful mountain water. So we have the whole lineup, and it's great to put into your either just drink oh, well, on yeah, its own. Yeah, like those. Well, we carry yeah, yeah, different lines of those. Yeah, drink on its own, or you can mix. put it into a cocktail. Um, then we have Ritual. Ritual is fantastic. I think they're, I think clean. What, clean. I, I, clean is the preferred where we are in St. Charles. Yeah, the it's, clean brand. At least it. Uh, the ritual and bear. Ritual, zero. I think, was one of the first. Yeah, the, the market and, here. And now there's liars. There's, there's bear. So clearly, there's, there's a lot. Even Tangerine so has a broad zero proof. range. Yes. There's Gia. There's uh, there's, there's so many. Even Gaffard that does right. all of the alcohol uh, liqueurs has their yep. own Gaffard aperitif. Yes, so if do. you want a Negroni, you, you can, can make get it. A, you can get a Negroni. A Negroni. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well, and in That's the morning, if you have too many of them, not groaning with a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so. Meredith, you recently competed on the new Netflix show, Drink Masters, where judges and contestants, they frequently discussed whether a drink was balanced, right? What does, what does balanced mean and how do you make sure a zero-proof drink is balanced? That's a really good question. Balanced has to do with um, the level of sweetness to the level of acid that's in your drink. So um, it's a little different balancing a zero proof cocktail as opposed to a, a cocktail with a spirit. Um, with a spirit, also balance has to do with are you getting enough of the spirit, but also not so much that this burn is happening, right? Um, highlighting the specific flavor profiles that you are looking for, depending on what spirit, to come out into that cocktail and harmoniously through a sip. Um, and usually I do that with, you know, if you're dealing with a citrus element or a fruit element, it's balancing uh, that sweetness and acid out. It's also if you're doing an old fashioned, you want a little bit of bitter to come through because there's that sweetness. So tart, tart right? Um, I also am always looking for the acid level of wine. I'm always looking for that because I'm a, I like wine a lot. So we in carry cocktails, quite a few right. different wines now, and I'm always excited when I find a new vendor mm -hmm. or you know creator. 
I also cook down, sometimes I cook down wine yeah, to, to take out the wines. alcohol but and make a cordial that can mm-hmm. be used into uh, a spirit-free cocktail. So now the alcohol is gone, but you're getting this really cool nuances of the wine that you used yeah. mm-hmm. for your drink. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's all about how do you get somebody to constantly be desiring that taste and that flavor. And crave it. And crave it. And well, crave it. Like people say, oh, I want a Jack and Coke, you know, or whatever, because that's what they're used to or that's what they drink. And now people are saying, oh, I want a mock mule, but it's really a mock mule. It's a mocktail mule, you know? Yeah. And they crave that. And craving is part of what makes makes it possible for you to make a living, right? Correct. Is this... Is it a profitable business to be this forward on zero and and low proof? Beverages? It is, and it's going to be. Okay. What makes all, you so sure about that? All statistics, all analysis and everything like that, and all market research data shows that this is the trend. My kids are 25 and 22. This is the next generation. Um, they're health conscious. They're vegan. They're, you know, choosing to eat healthier, work out be more active. They're not choosing to sit in a smoky bar anymore. They're not even smoking anymore. That's true. You know? I worked in those bars. I did too, my whole (laughs) life as a second job. I had kids really young. And I was the bartender who did not drink behind the bar because I also had a day job. Yeah, there's also pressure for people to drink behind the bar still. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, yeah, you wanna be a part of that camaraderie with people getting you shots, but. Mine was always Sprite in a bomb cup if they insisted. They didn't know it was Sprite in but a bomb now, cup. Yeah. I just called it a bomb diffused. That's nice. <laughs> that's smart. I did that too, a little Coca-Cola. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not saying that I'm, uh, that I'm innocent here because <laughs> I've done it a few times. But I think... Um, but people want somebody to drink with if they're drinking. Yeah. They and now there's these spirit-free, you know, these zero-proof uh, spirits that are coming out, really, is what we call them. And uh, Bear is coming out with a Fernet, which is a huge... And what um, is a, a fernet? Fernet is uh, an Italian bitter amaro made with like roots and herbs. Some people think it's absolutely horrifying. It's, I tend to really like it. You either love it or hate <laughs> Each it. Each their own, right? Hate it. So now it's also a very much uh, a bartender drink. So mm. bartenders across the world, it's kind of this bartender's handshake. Hey, have a fernet with me. Okay. So now to have a, a zero proof fernet that you can share behind the bar and also continue to work. Uh, is it just brings really it all awesome. together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are your observations from working zero proof events and serving sober customers? What I is- love my sober customers. I mean, I loved my drunk ones too back in the day. You know, they were still, but we are still a bar family and we have regulars and they come in continuously and we get to know them on a different level and nobody's worried about somebody having a fight really in their bar or my bathrooms at the end of the night are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I have to I say, <laughs> you know, the cleanliness that stays. Sure. Sure. Um, and the respect actually just given yeah. is wonderful. And and mine's acceptance. not altered. So there's a difference in, uh, you know, definitely attitude that can come into like a big space like that, where you have a lot of people imbibing. Um, and I also, what I appreciate in those people is that they're not looking to just get like a soda water, which we just give for free. You know, we don't charge people. They want to 
give money to the establishment so they can continue to go out. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, we got to keep the lights on, right? Yes. Right, exactly. We started doing stuff with the whole recovery, you know, NAAA and stuff. We have a lot of that market that comes in. Today's episode was produced by Emily Woodbury with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.